stars they wept, the morning sun was dead, the savior of the world was fallen, his body hung the cross, his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse
We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah.
and shake before you the demons run and flee at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell or any who can stand Well, good morning. I'm going to invite you to stand, please. Let's start our time together by singing. Every tongue will confess you are God. 
couldn't see that one uh that was actually alicia who we worked with in hungary uh when we went there on our mission trip i don't know what it is with us and videos the last couple weeks but uh, uh it just wasn't meant to be i'm glad you're here it's good to see you thank you for being a part of our worship service today i welcome you uh, especially those of you that are our guests today thank you for being a part of this worship with us i um, hope that you picked up a bulletin on the way in. Uh, a couple things there I want to make sure you're aware of. First and foremost, that next Sunday is our homecoming Sunday. And uh, we've got evangelist Jack Little that's going to be with us doing the preaching. Uh, the meal, we want you to stay and eat with us. It is catered, uh, so you don't have to worry about staying up all evening on uh, Saturday cooking or early Sunday morning and cooking, but we are asking everyone, if they will, to please bring desserts and drinks, and, and what we mean by that is non-alcoholic, okay? 
I, I, when I saw that, I thought, well, we, you know, I better clarify that, uh, make sure we're good Baptists. Uh, but we, if, you, if you drink a certain type of drink, I know a lot of folks uh, are on uh, special diets that, that drink certain types of, of uh, drinks. You'll need to bring those with you, if you will. Uh, and we'll, we'll have a good time of fellowship next Sunday together. So I hope that you'll be a part of our homecoming celebration. And uh, again, we put the deacon nomination form in the, um, in the bulletin for you so that you'll have access to that. If you weren't here last Sunday and weren't able to get one of those, uh, we need these back by the end of the month so that we can begin our process of um, approaching these men about serving as deacons and put together hopefully a, a really good deacon ballot for you uh, coming up in December to vote on. So those are all of our announcements uh, that I have. I know Jimmy has one. Uh, so, Jimmy, I'll let you come on up and do that. Uh, good morning. Um, lot, several years back, I had a gentleman just totally rake me across the coals because I didn't ask for help. Well, I'm here to ask for help. <laughs> Um, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise and it's not raining because I only have an open trailer, I'd like to pick up sheetrock and insulation to go in the wall downstairs. And if anybody can be around Saturday morning, let me know um, because we will have to hand carry the sheetrock inside. And if we can, we'll, we'll hang it too. Um, the insulation is not fiberglass. It is rock wool, and it's for sound deadening in that wall, so you don't have to worry about masks, gloves, long sleeves, and duct tape around your neck to keep from itching. Um, anybody could show up, just give me a call, let me know, and uh, we'll make arrangements. Thank you. And this is for our new children's church room that we have used to expand and we're getting that ready. We want it uh, up and ready to run uh, the first Sunday in November, if at all possible. So sheetrock is important. Uh, kids tend to walk through those uh, rafter, uh, those uh, studs if there's not any, anything solid there to keep them from doing it. So uh, the sheetrock is uh, going up. And appreciate Jimmy doing that. Now, if you want to duct tape your neck, I just go ahead and do it. I want to see you come in like that. I think that would be cool. I, I mean, you know, I, I didn't I'd never heard of that before. So, okay. Well, we'll look for you to have duct tape next week then. Let's pray and then we'll get back to the business of worship. Uh, Father and our God, it's good to be in your house today. We thank you for the honor and privilege that it is uh, for us to worship you. You are the one true God. There's none beside of you. There's none above you, below you. There's none but you. You are the God of creation. You are the God of redemption and salvation and restoration. And we thank you that we're able to come together this morning to be able to proclaim our love for you and our adoration for you. And Lord, we're mindful of the truth that anytime we come together on a Sunday morning like this, that there may be those in our midst that are struggling, that are hurting, uh, that are in the midst of a great battle. Lord, we, we want to lift those individuals up to you this morning, praying, God, that you would give them the strength, the courage, and the help that they need. Lord, that they will find in you that peace as you walk with them 
to bring them through that difficult time. Lord, we're also mindful of the fact there may be those that are in our midst that are celebrating. It's been something wonderful that has taken place during, during that week. And Lord, they have come to give you praise and honor and glory. And Lord, may our voice join with theirs as they proclaim your great glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you that you are in our midst. And we pray, O oh God, that you would minister to our hearts as we minister to you in worship. And may our time together, Lord, when we're, we're said and done here in just a little while, Lord, we, may we look back on it and say, truly, it has been good to be in the house of the Lord today. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, this is in your bulletin, if you will take notice. Our children's ministry will be hoping, hosting a family fall fun day on Saturday, October the 21st, and we will need some help. So if you're willing to come out and help serve some snacks or lead a game or a craft, please see uh, Becky Elkins or Heather Hartzell or myself, and we will get you signed up and we will assign you a job. Um, even our youth, we'd love to have you help as well. Also want to remind you all that even though the sign-up tables are gone from the vestibule, it is not too late to join our Christmas choir. We had our first rehearsal this Wednesday night. We had a great time listening to some wonderful Christmas music. Again, it's a Wednesday evenings, 7.30, down in the choir room. You can see me if you have any questions. But again, as I always say, no experience necessary. You will get on-the-job training. Well, now I'm going to invite you to stand as we continue our time of worship together. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you.
Let's pray. Father God, we just uh, we come this morning just to uh, say thank you. Lord, so many of us in here, we have so much to be thankful for. Everything that we are, everything, everything comes from you. Lord, we just take this time just to give the tithes and the offerings. But let us do it with a grateful heart. For everything good comes from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Precious Redeemer and Friend, 
As we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive today's message, I invite you to stand and let's intentionally invite the Holy Spirit into this place. There's nothing worth more. That will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. Where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the earth. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your Oh. 
Overwhelmed by the presence of God. When's the last time you were overwhelmed by the presence of God? You know, I, I have been in many worship services where the, God's power and God's presence was, was evident and, and working. But you know, I can count on one hand the number of times I've been where I was overwhelmed by the presence of God. Uh, it's unlike anything that I could ever imagine or ever experience. You can't speak. You can't stand. All you can do when you are overwhelmed by the presence of God is weep in his presence because you catch a glimpse of his great glory and we begin to see our great sinfulness. Uh, my prayer is that God will overwhelm you with his presence. 
It's great to be in the presence of God. I, I believe that every time the, the body of Christ gets together, that the presence of God is there. Jesus promised that. But to be overwhelmed, something amazing has to happen in our life. We have to be in total submission to Christ in that moment. And when we are in total submission to Christ, we will be overwhelmed by His presence. Luke chapter 10 is where we'll be today. <clears throat> As we uh, are continuing our look in the series we began last Sunday called Greater. And last week we looked together at the truth that God has called the church to do greater things. He has promised I mean, he, he said it emphatically that I go to the Father, and because I do, you will not only do the works that I do, but you will do greater works. What an amazing statement that God said we, as a church body, can carry out a greater work because Jesus, of course, being allowing himself to be limited by time and space in a human body. He was only able to be in one place at one time, but now the church, his body here, the body of Christ, can be many places at, at all times. And so we are able to do a greater work. But today I want us to look in Luke chapter number 10, those first three verses and I want us to understand that there is no greater time. Luke chapter 10. The Bible says, now after this, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord appointed 70 others and he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he was going to come. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Verse 3 begins, go. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you promise us that where a few of your people are gathered together in your name, seeking to know you better, to, to, to understand your will, that, Lord, you'll be in the midst of that gathering. So, Lord, we know that your presence is in this place. We understand it because you promised it. But, Lord, today we... We pray that you would bring us into your presence. You're with us, but Lord, help us to be with you. Help us in these few moments as we study your word to set aside all of those things that hinder us from coming into your presence. We pray, Father, that if there is that sin that, that we have harbored in our heart, in our mind, in our life, that hinders us from walking in fellowship with you, that even right now in this moment, oh God, 
bring it to our attention. Give us the faith and the courage to fall on our face before you and confess our sin and repent of our sin. Knowing, Lord, that in doing so, that fellowship, that sweet, overwhelming presence can be restored. Lord, we need to hear your voice this morning. We need to understand your will. We need a fresh touch from heaven. And Lord, we're looking to you because we know this is not something we can conjure up on our own. We can't manufacture it. We, we can't produce it in ourselves. We need it from you. So Lord, we make ourselves available to you now. And we pray, oh God, that you speak to us as only you can. So that we can do what only you can do through us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it is clear, and I think we can all agree on this, that Jesus has been very clear about his mission for his church, the body of Christ, of which every believer, every born-again, saved-by-grace believer is a part of. He has been clear on what he wants from us and what we are to be in the business of doing. In Matthew chapter 28, we know it as the Great Commission, the Bible says. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mark records the Great Commission this way in chapter 16. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Luke chapter 24, verse 46 and 47. The Bible says, And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer. And on the third day, rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, Jesus told them, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. There is no doubt what the mission of the church is. Every gospel writer is recording for us these words that, that Jesus has a specific, clear mission for his church. He left no doubt. So can I ask you a question this morning? How well are we carrying out our, our, our mission? How well are we doing? Whether it's, we need to answer that individually. How well am I doing? In carrying out that mission, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But we can also ask that question corporately and say, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? You see, it's easy to to point fingers at others and say, well, if they would only. But the truth of the matter is, they're pointing their fingers at us and saying, if they would only. See, that's the thing about the body of Christ. There is no they. There's only we. 
There's us. We are the body of Christ. And we have each being called to be a part of what God wants us to do. But I I submit to you today that regardless of how well or poorly that we have done this in the past, that there's no greater time than right now for us to embrace that mission. I can't go back and undo what I did yesterday or last week or last month or last year, and neither can you. We don't have that power, nor do we have that authority. But you know what we do have a power and authority to do is to start right here, right now, where we are in this place at this moment and move forward. That's what we have the, the power to do. And we can spend our time looking back and remembering the glory days and when things used to be and how things used to be. And, and we can spend our time doing that. But can I tell you something that won't bring that back? The only way we can move forward is to look forward. In today's passage, Jesus is dispatching 70 of his followers. Now, your, your, your translation of God's word may say 72. But God is dis, uh, the Lord is dispatching his followers into the towns and into the villages of Judea. And he's sending them with a message. And that message is to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near. That's what he says in verse number 11, chapter 10. Tell them that Now's the time. Tell them that today's the day. Tell them that what they've been waiting for has come. That what they've been looking forward to for so long has finally arrived. Go tell them that it's here. Help is here. Hope is here. Now, go tell them. Luke 9 verses 1 through 6 tells us that he's already sent his 12 disciples into the region of Galilee. And they are to do the exact same thing. They are to go with that exact same message. And so you have the disciples going into Galilee. He's sending these 70 or 72 into Judea to proclaim that the gospel is available to them. That the Christ has come and that that there is hope and there is help in, in, for their life and in their, their situation and their, in their troubles and in their struggles, there is hope and there is help. I think what these verses show us more than anything else that even before the crucifixion and the resurrection, Jesus was already setting the stage for the church to carry out its divine mission. He was already setting the stage. He, he wasn't leaving his followers to kind of figure it out after he left. He was telling them what to do before he left so that when they, whenever he ascended to the Father, they would continue in the same manner. So I'm going to be very simplistic with you this morning. I simply want to show you from these verses what I believe God's trying to tell us that there's no greater time than right now for two very important actions. That first action we find in verse number two. <clears throat> He's called these people together and he begins to instruct them and the first thing he tells them is that before you begin anything pray in other words there's no greater time for intensive prayer before going he says pray 
Intensive prayer must always proceed intentional going. You see, the truth of the matter is Jesus understood and he wanted them to understand that it was, it was a matter of prayer that was going to be a part of their sending. It wasn't just go out and haphazardly do whatever you want to do and wherever you want to do it and whenever you want to do it. He tells them to pray. To pray. These 70 are about to embark on, on a, an extremely difficult mission because he tells them, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. He goes on to tell them that there's going to be turmoil where they go, that not everyone's going to be excited to see them. Not everyone's going to be excited to hear their news. Not everyone is going to receive them well. And he's telling them, you're about to undertake a difficult task. They were being called to go into an area where Jesus had yet to travel in his earthly ministry. And he tells them to pray for more workers, pray for more laborers. But listen, can I tell you something embedded in that prayer to, for more laborers in the harvest is the fact that the harvest is plentiful. He's saying that there is, there is so many needs out there. There are so many people living in darkness out there. There are so many people hurting out there. There are so many people searching out there. I'm about to send you on a, an impossible mission because there's no way in your strength and in your power and in your knowledge can you reach every one of those people. So pray for more laborers. The need was great. Darkness reigned over that area of Judea. The number of lost people, the people who, who had no fear of God, who, who were not looking toward the Messiah, the number of the lost was overwhelming. And he's telling them it's got to be a team effort. There's got to be, there's, there's, there's got to be us doing it together. Because one can't do it by themselves. I think most of us would agree that the world we lived in, that we live in right now, is consumed with darkness. We live in a dark time. Dark in that so many of the Christian Judeo values that our nation was built on has been thrown out the window. The fact that now that it, it, so many people are questioning whether the Word of God is, the, is real and is right and is accurate and whether it can be trusted. We're living in a world where, like it says at the end of Judges, where every man did what was right in his own eyes. We're living in a world where people are trying to find their way and they're, they're, they're hunting for truth. They're looking for truth. We talked about this with our youth this morning. And if, if I say I have a truth and that's the real truth, but then you say you have your truth and that's the real truth and someone else comes along and say, well, no, I have my truth and that's the real truth, then tell me where's real truth? It must be found in the Word of God. It must be founded on the Word of God. That is our only foundation of truth. And so there's a world out there that, do, that does not know 
The God that you know, or, or they do not know the Savior you know. They have not tasted of the redemption that you may have tasted of. And they're hunting for truth, and they're looking for truth, and they're trying to find it anywhere and everywhere that they can. The culture has become consumed with self-pleasure and self-gratification. Listen, the enemy of our souls has convinced many that God is irrelevant and unimportant to them. In fact, if you, even in this Bible belt, which I don't think exists any longer, the, this area that we live in, if you were to it just randomly begin asking strangers on the street about their thoughts, about the, uh, the Word of God and Christianity and Jesus, uh, I think you would be absolutely appalled at what you would hear. Because God's not even on the radar. He's not even on the radar. There's too many other things that consume their life. So before we can ever dare embark on invading that darkness, it must begin with prayer. It has to begin with praying and asking God to raise up laborers. God, use me as a laborer. uh, this this same event is re- is recorded to in Matthew chapter ten, and I, at the end of Matthew chapter nine, he talks about the, the the harvest being great and all of that, and 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 he pray for laborers and all of that, and then ch- chapter ten verse one says, and then he called him unto himself, and he said, now I'm sending you. So it's, it requires prayer, praying for the. The, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, praying that the ears that uh, of those that you're, you're, you're going to are going to be receptive to truth, praying for God to open their hearts to His grace, praying for God to do what only God can do. Because that's what Jesus is trying to show them here in this chapter. He's trying to show them, I am sending you out on an impossible mission. And the only way you will be able to succeed is in the power of prayer. God will have to do this. You cannot do this. But God in you and God through you can do all things. God, in you and God, through you, can do those things that are beyond your imagination and mine. So we begin with intensive prayer. He's the only one that can open their eyes and ears to the gospel. And listen, before we talk to the lost about Jesus, we need to begin talking to Jesus about the lost. Because he's the only one that can open those hearts. He's the only one that can open those eyes. He's the only one that can change that life. He's the only one that can bring hope into their, into their, into their struggle. He's the only one that can put the pieces back together. He's the only one that can save their marriage. He's the only one that can break the addiction. He's the only one. So it must begin there. Oh God, do what only you can do, but just thank you for letting me be a part of it. There's no greater time for intensive prayer. But then, secondly and lastly, I told you it's going to be simple today. Not only is there no greater time for intensive prayer, but there's no greater time for living on mission. Now, I get it. Our, our North Carolina Baptist, I, I love our, that's on mission together is our, 
is our marching theme that we have in, as North Carolina Baptists. On mission together. But there's something to be said about living on mission. There, there's, there's two very key words in verse number 1 that I don't want us to miss. Verse 1 says that He appointed them and then He sent them. That, that's important. Don't, don't miss those two key words. While prayer was their first priority. Listen, folks, it wasn't their only priority. It was the first thing they were to do, but it wasn't the only thing they were to do. At some point, they had to get up off of their knees and go. At some point, they they had to realize that I have bathed this in prayer, covered this in prayer, prayed for for laborers. I have prayed for the the harvest. I have prayed for those that I will talk to. And and now is the time for me to put feet to my prayers and go to work. Appointed tells us that these followers of Jesus were chosen for this task, and that means that they had a they had a special uh, they had a special authority placed upon them in church. That's us. We've been appointed for this task. He's the one who has looked at each of us, and he said, "Pray and go, pray and go, pray and go." You have been appointed. I have been appointed. We have been appointed. There is no they. They have been appointed. No, no, there's no they. We have been appointed. You have been appointed. They have been given a mission from none other than the Master Himself. And believe me, folks, that's where our... That's where our appointment comes from as well. The Master has chosen us. There's a kid's song that says, Jesus loves me, this I know. But I believe it can all be, also be sung, Jesus knows me, this I love. He has... He knows you by name. He has called you out of darkness. If you're a child of God, listen. If you are born again, saved by grace, He has called your name specifically and called you out of darkness into light. He has called you out of hopelessness and into hope. He's called you out of of death into life. He's called you by name. He has appointed you. And then they're sent. He said, I've appointed you to do something. Not just to wear a badge or have a title. But I've appointed you to carry out a, an action. And there's the problem. He tells them to go. And it's easy for us to sit back and say, well, isn't that, isn't that their job? Isn't it easy to sit back and say, well, that's, that's the preacher's job, that's the, the church staff job, that's the deacon's job, that's the, the connect group leader's job, that's the, the evangelist's job, that's the missionary's job. Oh, but they're just part of the, they're just part of the same body that you're a part of. And we're all called to go. Each of us, not a few of us, 
have been sent. That's what I want you to picture this morning is that Christ is not just opening a door and saying, y'all go get them. Because that's not what he's doing. He's not just, he's not just, he's not just giving a general invitation. He is sending you somewhere to someone. He's got a specific place in his heart and in his mind and in his will for you. And he's sending you. That's what sent means. It doesn't mean that, okay, when you get ready, just wander on out there and go do something. Sending is, is Jesus Christ looking at the bride, his, his church, and saying, I want you to go there, and I want you to go there, and I want you to go there, and 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 you to go there. He's sending us. But if we're not careful, we get so comfortable in our holy huddle that we never carry out the commission. We've been appointed and we've been sent. We are to be a, a church that lives every day sent. We are on mission with Jesus. He's not asking the world to come to the church. He's telling the church to go to the world. I want to. I want to. I want to paint one more picture, and then I want to introduce you to something. Okay. Tomorrow morning, whether you get up by an alarm or not, when you open your eyes and you put your feet on the floor, you have just begun your mission trip for that day. You have a mission trip tomorrow. Did you know that? You do. You got a mission trip to go on tomorrow. God's going to send you somewhere tomorrow. It may be to your workplace. It may be to your, your neighborhood. It may be to a friend. It may be to a family member. It may be, who, who knows where it is? You know, because he's going to send you there. But tomorrow morning when you get up and you put your feet on the floor, you are beginning tomorrow's mission trip. And you're going to come home, go to bed. And guess what? Tuesday morning when... It's time to get up and your feet hit the floor. You are going to go on another mission trip. You've got, did you know you've got seven mission trips planned this week? You didn't know that, did you? You've got seven mission trips planned this week. Every day he's going to send you somewhere to someone for a reason. And what is that reason? To carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. To bring hope. Listen, to let them know that there's somebody that loves them greater than they have ever been loved on this world before. There is someone who cares for them enough to die for them. That this, Listen, there's something amazing going on here that they may not be aware of. But there's a God in heaven who not only created them in his image, but he loves them with an everlasting love. And that Jesus came and died for them and rose for them and wants to live with them right now. Man, what a great message to take to somebody. So what are you going to do on your mission trip tomorrow? What are you going to do on your mission trip? November the 19th this year. 
we're going to have a VIP Sunday. That's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Now, here's what that day's about. It's not about us. It's not about, let's see how many numbers we can have, how many people we can put in the pew. It is not about us. Did you hear me say that? Nod your head yes if that's what you heard me say. It is not about us. It's about them. It's about those who are unchurched, means they, they've never really gone to church anywhere, and the de-churched, those who once went but don't go anymore. I'm going to ask you to join me, and let's go get them. Does that sound like, is that okay? That's our mission, isn't it? Isn't, isn't that what we've been called to do? Let's go get them. The unchurched or the de-churched. Don't go asking your cousin that's been singing in the choir down at the church down the street for the last 45 years to come be your VIP. We're not looking, listen, we're not fishing in other ponds. We're going to a world where they need that hope. Unchurched, de-churched. I'm going to invite you. Uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray and have God to show you who your VIP or your VIPs are. Okay? Pray first. God, open their heart. Open their eyes. Open their ears. Give them a desire and a, and a yearning to do this. And as you go to them, we've got little invite cards. We're gonna, they're up here. We're going to give them to you. And we're going to ask you to go to them and invite them. But listen, don't just invite them to church. Church can't save them. But let them know that Jesus loves them. And let them know that, that, that you would love for them to come and meet other Jesus followers that are part of this body. Ask Ask them to, listen, don't just say, hey, y'all go to church with me on Sunday? Ain't that the way we'd normally do it? Hey, y'all go to church with me on Sunday? You know what I I care enough about you that I want you to be my VIP on that Sunday. Everybody's going to be bringing their VIP. I want you to be my VIP that Sunday. I'm going to preach a gospel sermon that Sunday. I'm not going to beat them over the head. I'm not going to tell them how sorry, no good, low down, and worthless they are. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to share the good news of the gospel with them. That's what I'm going to do. We're still hammering out the details. Probably going to have a meal out here. Want them to come eat with us. Listen, Baptists eat. If you invite them to come, meet them outside. Meet them on the front porch. Meet them in the front foyer. Meet them in the parking lot. Meet them down at the, the, the gas station down the street. Meet them wherever you have to meet them and come in with them. Introduce them to people around you. So that means you've got to get to know those that are sitting around you so you can introduce them. Introduce them. And then sit with them as we worship together. Now listen, if that's all we do, if that's all we do, that may be good, but that's not great. Because next, behind that, we're going to follow up with them. 
We're going to go back. We're, we're going to go back and touch base with them again. We want to know what God's doing in their life. Would you? Would you? Would you like to know more about the Jesus that the pastor talked about on Sunday? Would you like to know more about how you? can know Him personally and have fellowship with God and forgiveness of God. Would you like to know more about that? We're going to follow up with them. The goal is not to see how many people we can put in this auditorium. The goal is to see how many unchurched, de-churched, probably lost people we can reach. You secure a yes from them. Bring out your car dealer in you. You all got one. You know that, right? Everybody's got a used car dealer in them somewhere. Well, you don't, you close the deal. You don't say, you don't let them say no too easily. You get a yes from them. We're going to have some response cards where you're going to put your, your first name and their first name, first name only. We're going to put it on that little banner there. And we've got a group of ladies that pray heaven down every Tuesday. They're going to pray over those cards. And then you're going to pray over those cards. And I'm going to pray over those cards. And we're going to pray, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray. And when we get here on November the 19th, and we, if, if, they, if they're able to come and they show up and we sit down with them, we're going to sit beside of them and we're going to pray, Oh, God, do something amazing in, this, in their life and in mine today. There's no greater time than now. Oh, wouldn't this, wouldn't this be better if we did it uh, in the spring? No better time than now. But, but you really think Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving is going to be the bit? No better time than now. Let's stop putting off what we should have been doing yesterday. So that's what we're going to do. Some of you probably have already made up your mind. I know exactly who I'm going to go talk to. Some of you probably have made up your mind, this is silly and I ain't going to be a part of it. That's okay. Go invite them. Not just to come to church, but to come to Jesus. Let them know there's a God who loves them. There's no better time than now. Here's how I want us to close out today. Can I, can I just go ahead and ask you? How are you doing on the mission that God gave you? How are you, how are you doing on that? Even if you can be honest and say, Tommy, can I be honest with you? I just hadn't done too great on that end. Can I tell you there's no better time than now to start? Pray for them. And then go to them. That's our mission. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. We'll sing together. It may be that you don't have a clue who you're going to talk to. Maybe you need to talk to more than one person. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to have VIPs instead of just a VIP. Maybe you have, you're not even sure who that's going to be yet. Begin to pray now. This altar is open if you feel led to come and pray. If not, you can pray right where you are. But today's the day.
There's no better time than now. Father, thank you that you've called us to be part of what you're doing. Lord, I'm not naive. (laughs) I know that you're big enough, smart enough, strong enough, wise enough, and amazing enough that you could do it without us. But thank you, Lord, that you choose to do it through us. Lord, even right now as these heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Lord, how I pray that you will begin to work in the heart of that individual to show them that person or persons that that you're going to send them to. You're sending them. That when they get up tomorrow and the next day and the next, and they go on their mission trip for that day, that, Lord, they know where they're going and they know who they're going to. Lord, we already begin to pray now. Open the, the heart, the mind, the ears, the eyes of those individuals that, that they will be open to hearing of the good news of the gospel, that they'll be open to, to coming and, and, and learning more about who you are. Give them a, an interest, a hunger, an appetite. Only you can do that. And Lord, we pray that as we move starting today toward that date, that you'll open those doors of opportunity over and over and over again for us to tell them how much you love them. And how Jesus died for them and rose for them and has come to redeem them for his very own. Lord, I just prayed over the next couple of months you're going to do something so amazing in this church body. You're going to open our eyes to the darkness that we, we walk around every day. The hurts, the needs. And you're going to give us a hunger and a desire to tell them that they're loved by Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you'll give us the courage to do what you're sending us to do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
so much for being here today. God bless you. Uh, these invite cards, I'm just going to leave them up here on the on the front table. If you want to pick them up, you can. Uh, if you want to pray about who you want to invite first before you grab these, that's perfect. Uh, once you secure a yes, we'll have some response cards up here starting next Sunday where we can start putting them on our banner. But get a yes. Don't get a, I don't know, I'll see, or if I'm not busy, or uh, I might, don't get any, I want a yes, get a yes, all right, all right, well, and if you need to know how to close a deal, talk to some of our salesmen in here, we'll, we'll help you learn how to close a deal, get that yes out of them, all right, thank you for being here today, God bless you, um, I'm excited about this, I think it will build excitement in our church, I think we will see God do an amazing work in the life of people we know and care about through this. So I want to encourage you to be a part of it. Let's, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you that you've called us to be on mission with you. That you have a job for us. And it's the most important job that's ever been given to anyone. I also thank you, Lord, that you've already, you've already in your knowledge and wisdom and understanding chosen that someone or those others that we are being sent to now. Lord, give us the courage and the faith to go. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord, raise up your laborers. Send us out so that we can carry your good news to a hurting world. We love you. We praise you. We ask you to dismiss us with your love. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.